Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms now wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning, good morning. It is hour two of mornings with Carmen on this Wednesday, the sixteenth of. November. Yep, just one week before Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna need some turkey songs, Paul. I. So Paul Perot is the producer of this program. He is. Uh, I have the a most few already. I already used fantastic. a couple. Now I'm gonna okay, need to hear turkey, them a lot because as soon, yeah, as soon as because you know I need to know Albuquerque turkey. Albuquerque was a turkey. I'm gonna need that one. I'm gonna need a Albuquerque. gobble gobble song um and because after thanksgiving we're going to start playing christmas music so mm-hmm. all right i got mm-hmm. the gobble mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. Yeah. there you go mm-hmm. uh, former president donald trump has officially announced that he is running for president in 2024 and i know you're saying to yourself um, um wait a minute um i don't think we're quite done with the 2022 election no you're right it's not fully over yet there is still a runoff in georgia for the final seat in the u.s senate but the 2024 race is on. Uh, the president, the former president said um, a couple of things. I mean, he said a lot of things. I'm just going to offer a couple of them right now. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. He went on to say, I am running because I believe the world has not yet seen the true glory of what this nation can be. We have not reached that pinnacle. Um, Both of those statements uh, center on one particular word that I want us to consider and think about, and that is the word glory or the word glorious. And to God alone, be the glory, um, and let us be mindful of magnifying the glory of God today. All glory, do God. um, What what does it look like to glorify God um, every day and in every way? I've got a couple of tragic storylines that I'm following, one in Virginia and one in Idaho, all related to the murder of college students. Um, In Virginia, we talked briefly about this yesterday, but um, Christopher Darnell Jones is going to be arraigned today in the fatal shooting deaths of three University of Virginia football players. Um, He also injured two other students on a bus this weekend. And in Idaho, four college students were found dead in a house near the University of Idaho campus Uh, That's in the town of Moscow. Um, Law enforcement officers actually, or law enforcement um, and school officials working to learn what happened there. Um, Here's what we can say. Ten families are utterly devastated. Um, And many others living now in fear that they did not know before this week. Um, Well, this be praying for each and every one of these families, um, you know, it's, it's not just that their Thanksgiving plans have been ruined, right? Their lives have been changed forever. Um, and if it feels like there have been more murders in the past year, that's because there actually have been more murders in the United States of America in the past year. The FBI estimates that between 
21,324,600. That's a pretty big difference, by the way. That's 3,300 cases where they don't really know whether or not the person was murdered. But between 21,3 and 24,6 people murdered in the United States last year, that is a nearly 30% jump compared to the prior year. 30% jump in murders in America in one year. It marked the largest single-year increase in killings since uh, the FBI started tracking crime. Um, And if the murder rate were to remain the same in the U.S. as 2021 levels, just listen to this. One out of every 179 Americans will eventually die as a result of a murder. I mean, that's crazy. I know more than 179 people, which means I know one person who's likely to lose their life at the hands of another person in America. Um, So now, to be fair, you're you and I still much more likely to die from heart disease, cancer, accident, stroke, chronic disease, Alzheimer's, the flu, COVID, pneumonia. Yeah, I know. But murder is the intentional taking of one life by another. It's a sin against the individual, for sure, their family, their community, and the maker and the giver of life. It's a sin against God. I guess all sin is sin against God, but I think you get my point. So when you hear law enforcement say that they're searching for a motive, Consider that at the root of it all is the same sin that erupted in the heart of the first person who killed another person. His name was Cain. That story can be found in the very early chapters of the book of Genesis. And it was jealousy of his brother Abel. Let us not allow the root of bitterness to flower into rage that we cannot control. Good time to uh, reread the words of Jesus in Matthew 5. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I'm going to tell you right now, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We're going to talk with Bill English about giving and altruism and who is engaged in giving on a massive scale in the culture today, who's building wealth and who's losing it. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. English is back from BibleandBusiness.com. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Carmen. How are you today? Well, I, I am well. I am well. Uh, Jeff Bezos gave Dolly Parton $100 million this week to spend <laughs> as she sees fit. Nobody any, gave me $100 uh, million. <laughs> I have thoughts and ideas. Million dollars? Where, well, where, so what, that, what would you do with it? So that's really the that's really the subject of the conversation, right? These these right. these very 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 wealthy people, Jeff Bezos being one of them, who says he's going to now give away his hundred and twenty four billion dollars during his lifetime, um, but a hundred million dollars at a time going to take him a long time to give away a hundred and twenty four billion. Like, right? Part of the challenge that these incredibly wealthy people face is it's actually hard to give away huge amounts of money, and so he's giving what you and I would consider a huge amount of money, $100 million, um, to people to then challenge them to give it away, um, and they have 10 years to do it. So this is a, this is a curious approach. Um, what would I do if I had $100 million to give away, right? You would want to identify um, very effective, effective ministries 
And how would you judge that? Like, I think that's a challenge. You you would develop a framework and a process, but the would you help me because I would probably need some help. Yeah, I I I can I can help you with that. But Mm -hmm. I think the larger issue is how would you give that away without corrupting them? Because that's what happens Mm. when people get lots of money; they become corrupted. No, what I would do with a hundred million is I would actually form a foundation and put uh, a serious board in place with serious, um, I'll just say, uh, uh, throttles or governors. Yeah, on, with on no no financial incentive to those people. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, and, you, you have to serve on let... my you have to serve on my board because you love the idea of giving away money, not because you love money. Right, and then mm-hmm. let the board decide how to give it away. And probably I would just put it in and, and say you can only give away like 3% or 4% of the interest earned on the money, and then the money stays there in perpetuity. Well, unless you're one of these people, in which case you have to give it away in 10 years. You have to give all the money away in 10 years. Well, could I give – But so, so the question to Jeff Bezos would be could I give it to a foundation that I form? Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, see, I don't know I, what Jeff would say to that. I, you know? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't um, think, see, here's also the thing. I think like, he's like, I'm giving it to you. You, you, you give it. Like, um, cause I think that giving away massive amounts of money is hard. Um, I'm reading here a quote from, um, oh, where did it go? I had a quote. Now I can't find it. Um, well, look you know, at how another often... one of those super rich guys who was like, you know, giving away money is like really hard to do it in ways that are effective and not, you know, not, not trying to like, do it for the optics of philanthropy. Yeah, and and uh, look look at how many people are ruined when they win the lotto, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because they suddenly have an influx of you know millions or tens of millions of dollars, their lives are ruined by it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, that's why I think I think the writer in Proverbs, you know, I was going to end with this, but I was I'll, I'll bring it up now. In Proverbs, uh, the writer tells us, and this is in chapter thirty, give us give me neither poverty nor riches, right? Mm. Uh, that's what that's what God tells us. Don't don't desire to be rich. Don't desire to be poor. Just live at the median income of wherever it is I've placed you. And and I think that's that's what God asks of us, and that keeps us from the temptations uh, that come with a lot of wealth. All right. That is from Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9, if you're looking for that particular passage of Scripture. Bill, um, English and I will be right back. We're going to talk about people who do amass a personal fortune. We're going to bring a couple of people into view who um, have amassed great personal wealth and then lost it nearly overnight. We're going to we're just going to talk about that and, um, you know, the effect that it has in terms of how we understand one another and value one another in the culture today. We're talking with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen.
All right, I love um I love what people are sending me on the text line, but sometimes I need a little bit more. Um I you can't just say former owner of Domino's or you can't just say to not be like I had to have context. <laughs> people, give me some context. You can you can use like the voice function and you know, talk text if you need to, but yeah, give me give me a little bit more on the text line. Remember, you can text me 877-933-2484. Uh, Becky says, hey, that's what Rich Mullins did. He lived um, on a median income and gave the the rest away. Yeah, I think, Bill, what you were um, advocating, and again, we're talking with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com, um, you know, to, to be neither, to desire to be uh, neither rich nor poor, like, right? I mean, there are people who take vows of poverty and they do so for a particular reason. But I think that for most of us, being able to care for ourselves and our own concerns um, is is a is a priority and something we're concerned about. But the drive to just get richer and richer and richer is definitely a worldly pursuit and not a godly one. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not saying that having lots of money is sin or wrong. I'm just saying desiring it is wrong. Right. I mean, in in uh, in uh, Matthew five, right? It's it's uh, I think it's verse six, right? Um, we're we're supposed to hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. not necessarily after wealth. Yeah, it's the love of money. It's not money Bingo. that's the root of all evil, but the love of it, right? The love. What do of you it, love? Right. What are you right, What are you right, passionate right. about? Right. Um, Kanye West has been um, in the news uh, big time here um, recently. Kanye West uh, is yeah. an inner like an entertainer. He's also uh, then like an entrepreneur, a business. I mean, you know, he's his own, he's, he is his own brand. And then he therefore became like a commodity. Um, right. And obviously he's a person who's disturbed. I mean, I, I mean, I think we can just say that. Um, and now he's been canceled. And so he went from having tens of millions of dollars to being like what? Well, he went from having no money and being millions of dollars in debt to having lots of money and um, maybe even in the billions. And then in one day, like lost it all. Like this is like a extreme rise and fall story. Yeah. I mean, he was actually 53 million in debt. And then in one year through his clothing line and in, in an, a, a, an arrangement with Adidas, he uh, had pre-tax over 150 million in profit in one year wiped out all of his debt. <clears throat> He's now a uh, multimillionaire, was at one time a billionaire, but uh, nearly everybody who he is associated with, either through endorsements or through the uh, selling of his clothing line, uh, they have dropped him due to repeated anti-Semitic statements. Um, this is not just you know wealth coming and wealth going. This is Kanye being really, uh, can I say, unwise. Um, and, uh, it also illustrates just how strong brand purpose is in our society and how it's, how that's gaining strength. Now, if you don't, for those who don't know what brand purpose is, uh, brand purpose refers to the fact that people will not buy products or services from those who do not believe politically or morally what they believe. And they specifically want CEOs and other business leaders to come out and support candidates or support causes that they believe in. And if they do that, then these people will buy from them. And this is becoming increasingly strong in our society. So, you know, Kanye uh, was his own worst enemy on this one. He 
he said and did things that he knew would be um what would cost him and it did and now he's back to being a pauper again it's yeah just really amazing um if you go to bible and business dot com you can actually find an article on brand purpose and consequences um and a conversation there uh with bill as well from back in january of 2021 when we when we started a conversation on this topic, um, you and I have apparently been talking about brand purpose for some time. Um, what's on brand, what's off brand, um, and the consequences that it has, not only in the commercial world, but maybe in the world of the church. Can you can you maybe connect those dots for us a little bit more on brand purpose and consequences? Yeah, because, you know, brand purpose and consequences has to do with, well, ultimately has to do with what people believe and what they value. And if you haven't, if if you have the notion that my religion has to align with what I believe, rather than I will I will get myself aligned with what my religion teaches, you know, there's there's a difference there, right? Then you're going to seek out a church who believes politically and morally what what you believe. Churches are increasingly being forced, not forced. Uh, how do I say this, Carmen? They're being asked, compelled, right? Compelled, compelled, maybe is a, is is a good word. <laughs> to uh, support things that are not biblical in order to keep their doors open. And churches left and right, hither and yon, are bowing to the pressure of this brand promise, of this social pressure to say um, that sin is not sin anymore, and to uh, go ahead and align themselves just so they can keep their doors open, so that they can keep their social programs going and so forth. Uh, just let's just like entrepreneurs in in the for profit world, our Christian entrepreneurs are increasingly facing this. Um, so are churches, and it, it will be a minority of churches that end up being the remnant that really uh, stays true to God and true to His Word. Yeah, you have to get to the place where you you genuinely um, are doing all of this. This being life uh, for an audience of one. And, um, and if the criticism of the world comes and the, and the world seeks to cancel you, um, you just, you just have to remember I'm, I'm living this life before an audience of one to the praise and the glory of one, to the advancement of the kingdom of one. Um, and it's not my will, but his be done. And it's not, um, uh, you know, I, this is likely not the generation in which Christians are going to, uh, be, you know, celebrated, right? This, that's just not how it's going to happen. And so, um, we have to prepare ourselves, and we have to be mindful of um, of the value that the world places on things and particular views, and then obviously the value that it places um, in a negative way on um, on the king and the kingdom. I don't know how else to say that. That's that's what it feels like, and um, and I think that it's the the reality that Christians who are putting it all on the line for Jesus, it's the reality they're experiencing every day. If you don't have a biblical theology of suffering, in other words, if you don't see suffering, mm. you know, as part of the Christian life, you know, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. And if you don't have a good understanding of Christian suffering, you will fall. You will bend to the pressure. Part of what God is going to call this church in America increasingly to is suffering. Sorry, that's not just that's not a big, peppy, wonderful 
yippee yahoo topic for the morning, but I believe it's true. I believe that the church in America is going to increasingly suffer as we become more and more countercultural uh, in our society. Uh, yeah, good observation here. I'm thinking that the $100 million that Bezos is, quote, giving these people comes with strings attached. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's true. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she I'm couldn't sure give true. it to the to the to the Baptist denomination or the evangelical free church. <laughs> well, I don't know. I you know, Dolly Parton, I mean you give it you give the money to Dolly Parton, it is likely to end up in some kind of Christian ministry of one variety or another, even if it's I suppose. Uh, yeah. I yeah. suppose. So there you go. Um yeah, he's uh, he's he's got he's got enough of it. He can spread it around pretty much however he wants. Uh let's be uh let's be spreading what we have around today as well. Let's be extending to others the the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's be speaking the truth and in love in the communities where we live and in the conversations of the day. Bill, as always, thank you so much for joining us. We, uh, we love our conversations with you. I love being with you too, Carmen. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And um, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving yeah. to you yeah. and Turkey Day. And no. go Vikings. They're playing the Patriots Thursday <laughs> evening. So the next time. Eight- my, yeah, my, then, my my Vikings, this is our year. This is our year. This We're is your year, man. This is your year. Get it get get it get all you can. That's exactly right. I am going all to. right. That's Bill English from Bibleandbusiness.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's take a break for break point with John Stone Street. I know it's silly, but I like it a lot. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Warriors with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Yep, we are uh, getting ready for a season of Thanksgiving, certainly Thanksgiving Day, but a season of Thanksgiving. Um, I'm giving thanks for you today. Also appreciate the ways in which you support this ministry, both prayerfully and financially. We're going to set aside one day, one day, uh, the 29th of November, to celebrate um, what God is doing in and through the ministry of Faith Radio. And just for one day, I mean, one day only, we are going to have a winter fundraiser. I know you're saying to yourself, now, wait a second, I'm used to that being a few days long and closer to the end of the year. Yeah, um, your generosity has been really overwhelming this year, and we really only need to do it for a day. So we feel like we can get it done in a day. Um, And so go ahead and mark your calendar, be praying with us in advance for what God uh, will bring forth, gather into this ministry on November the 29th. It's the Tuesday following Thanksgiving. You could go ahead and give now at MyFaithRadio.com. Obviously, you can do that anytime. Um, We're going to focus in on this one day, November the 29th. So be praying with us in advance that God would release the resources that he knows are necessary for the accomplishing of, of his will in and through this ministry in the coming year. Um, power and spiritual power are available to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Like, have you, have you thought about that? I mean, the guy who has all authority in heaven and on earth is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he gives, he grants his power by the presence of the Holy Spirit in and through us. So what are the laws that are operating there in terms of spiritual power? How do we access the spiritual power of God and how do we release it into the lives of others? We're going to talk with um, Frank Valla next. 
about his new book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Frank Viola is back with us. Uh, Frank has helped thousands of people deepen their relationship with Jesus Christ around the world and live a more vibrant and authentic Christian life. He's joining us today to talk about his brand new book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. You can find um, the book. You can get a little taste of it uh, at 48laws.com. And yes, we're giving away copies today. But the instruction for how you're going to enter that drawing is a little bit different than normal because our text line is a little bit wonky. I don't, I'm going to use the word wonky because it's not broken, but it's not working. And so uh, you need to go to MyFaithRadio.com slash book to fill out the entry form for today's book giveaway. Go to MyFaithRadio.com slash book to fill out the form, and 48 Laws is the book you're looking for. Frank, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, good to be with you again, Carmen. My privilege. All right, so I want to talk about spiritual power. Let's start with a definition of that. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of powers at work in the world. When we talk about spiritual power, what exactly are you talking about? Well, spiritual power is basically God's power. It's the dynamic energy of the Holy Spirit. And when we think of spiritual power, uh, a lot of people think about miraculous power, you know, uh, healing blind eyes, raising the dead. But uh, spiritual power is broader than that. Uh, God's power is always supernatural, meaning it goes beyond our natural abilities, our natural powers, but it's not always miraculous. So, for example, if if you pray for someone who is blind and God opens their eye, that's miraculous because uh, you have the suspending of natural law. But if you're in a counseling session with someone and they're needing your help and you pinpoint the situation and you share the Lord with them in such a way where they're weeping and transformed, that's supernatural, but it's not miraculous. There was no uh, natural law that was suspended. But the point is, is that we all as Christians, whether you're in full-time ministry, part-time ministry, or spare-time ministry, if you're a Christian, you need God's power to live the Christian life, number one. And number two, to be able to serve another person where you will actually see long-lasting transformation. And so that's why I wrote this book, because we are, as Christians, in desperate need for God's power uh, in life and in service. Yeah, I think there's uh, just that observation there that there's so many ways in which I'm spiritually blind. I may have physical sight, and so the healing that I might need, you know, might not be a suspension of what we would consider a natural law, but I do need the scales to fall off my my spiritual eyes in order that I can see God clearly, see myself clearly, see the world clearly. Like, I, I think that when you're talking about opening up in a counseling setting and somebody being in a position to help someone else press into that place where God opens the eyes of the blind, like that is supernatural for sure. 
So we're talking with Frank Viola about uh, the 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. And you may say to yourself, 48 Laws, that sounds a little bit familiar. Um, Frank, you... um, you were really inspired by a secular book about 48 laws of power. And the power discussed in that book is not the kind of power we're talking about um, here. Can you give us a little insight into, um, you know, sort of how a secular book God used as like the lever to get you thinking about this and and offering this book to us? Because I love this. I listen to secular podcasts frequently and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so many applications there and ways that I could use this and and talk about this in an environment um, with people who have a different kind and level of understanding because they see and hear things with spiritual eyes. You've actually done that. I I love it. Well, yes, in a way. Um, About 10 years ago, somebody gave me a, a book called 48 Laws of Power by an author I never heard of and never heard of the book. Uh, he gave it to me on audio, and I only listened to about four or five chapters. I, I just couldn't go on because mm-hmm. <laughs> basically what the author is doing is he's teaching you how to use the power of the flesh <laughs> um, to manipulate other people and mm. and win, you know, win in life, win in career, win in relationships. It's basically a dissertation on how to utilize the flesh <laughs> mm. and, and human selfishness to gain earthly power. So it triggered an idea in me. What if we had a book about the laws or the principles of God's power? And what I discovered is that basically God's power is completely counterintuitive. It's counter-natural. It's the exact opposite of what this other author was writing in his book. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I do not recommend that you read 48 Laws of Power because Amen. It, it has caused, it has created uh, a lot of people to become very, very manipulative and selfish. Um, And so my book does the opposite. And God's power works completely different than the flesh. You know, the flesh always seeks its own. It's selfish. It's manipulative. um, It's crafty. But God's power is the exact opposite. And God's power is what changes lives. God's power is what transforms. God's power is what uh, creates long-lasting impact. And what I see today, and, and I've been guilty of this myself, Carmen, is that there are many, many people who are in ministry that are operating uh, in the energy of the flesh, okay? They're doing spiritual work, but they're drawing on their own natural power of the soul, of the flesh. And what that does is you could see some changes uh, happen, but they don't last. They don't last. They usually uh, cease from, you know, continuing. And and not only that, but there's no eternal value either. So what I'm trying to do in this book is teach people what is it that increases God's power in our life and what is it that depletes it in our life. And so these are the principles or the laws of God's power, but it's the exact opposite of the other book. The other book just basically inspired the idea mm-hmm. <laughs> to write on this topic. And uh, I love it, that. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I love that inspiration, right? I love that inspiration. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Frank Viola here in just a moment. The book is 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. 
You can go to 48, that's the number, 48laws.com, not only to get more information, but to connect with Frank and the book as well. Hey, if you want to enter the drawing for the copies we're giving away today, you need to go to myfaithradio.com slash book. I know that so many of you are accustomed to doing this on the text line, and I see your text coming in. The problem is our text line is not working right. So you have to go to myfaithradio.com slash book and fill out the form there. Again, uh, the book is 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. We're going to continue our conversation with Frank Viola here in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show featured on the Faith Radio Network. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share at MyFaithRadio.com. My guess is you spend a fair amount of time on social media. So where do you spend your time? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Well, have you followed or liked Faith Radio on those platforms? I would invite you to do so. I'm there as well. If you want to check out uh, my personal pages, you could connect with me individually. We would love to have you uh, use the resources that we have produced and are creating and posting on social media for you to share with others. We got all kinds of stuff from graphics to, you know, Bible verses. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. Go check it out on your social media. Connect with us on Faith Radio social media. And, you know, let's get the word out to others. All right. Back to the show. Again, thanks for listening. Love connecting with you at MyFaithRadio.com. Because that's the power of your name. It just a mission makes a way. Talking with Frank Viola, author of 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. Frank, um, give us a little peek into these. Um, maybe there is one law of spiritual power that you think people... Real, like you would just love to see expressed more frequently um, in the world today. That you just feel like we, we as people of God, are not accessing maybe one of these, um, and you just feel like right now that one is hypercritical. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's hard to answer that because there's so many um, that that would fit into that question. But I'll I'll throw out a few quickly. One is, do not be a people pleaser. And this is huge for people who want to serve the Lord, but love people, but they end up becoming people pleasers. And in that chapter, I talk about the roots of people pleasing. Um, and in order to be able to excavate, you know, how, what, how to stop being a people pleaser, you have to really understand the roots. So that's that. Um, another one is to, it takes one to make one. And Basically, this is the principle that in order to affect someone's life with a truth, you have to have it work in your own life. You have to experience it first. And so in ministry today, uh, even even among, quote unquote, lay people, we have a lot of notebook to notebook. You know, uh, I took notes. I heard this and now I'm going to share it with you. Well, that's not really going to go very far unless you've tested it in your own life. Another one is avoid discouragement. And every person who is in ministry on any level, even if you're sharing the gospel with, you know, coworkers or friends or, or loved ones, we all have to dance with discouragement. This is huge. And discouragement uh, can easily turn into depression and despair and, and knock somebody out of the race. So, you know, I talk from experience on this particular chapter. Another one is refuse to take offense. 
And right mm -hmm. now we have we have a, a, a culture that exalts outrage, you know, <laughs> but outrage is not a fruit of the spirit. And, you know, Jesus said, blessed is he or she who is not offended in me. Uh, he told John the Baptist that at a very low point in John's life. And John could have been offended with God. Um, but when we take offense at other people, ultimately we're being offended that, you know, God is behind this because he permitted it. And so that's that's another uh, one. Resist bitterness is, a, is another one. Do not compromise is another one. You know, we make little compromises. If we make little compromises in our lives, that begins to chip away the fiber of spiritual power. And it's a slippery slope to the point where we can become corrupt. And we see a lot of this in the ministry today by the way. Uh, so I address that as well. So yeah, there, those are some of the biggies. Um, there's so many more. I mean, there's 48 <laughs> and it's going to hit each one is going to hit the reader a different way, depending on where yeah. they, where they are. Right. In their life. And in their, so, it's in, so good. It's so good. I loved um, put a handle on it. I'll just leave that one. I'll just oh, set that out there. Wonderful. I loved that one. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I want to talk, though, about what comes after the 48 laws in the book, because you have not only a postlude, um, but you have five codas, these like, I mean, I think of that as a musical term, like that which comes after the main piece. Right. Um, but I love that. We might uh, in, you know, in other people's books, we might call them appendices, but I like the word coda. Um, will you touch on coda number three? Because I think that um, people are experiencing a lot of uh, Christian leaders, a number of Christian leaders who are deconstructing or walking away from or now denying the faith can you can you just share because that that's dealt with in such a practical way here, um, and that's a real ministry. Uh, that's a real ministry of this book. Well, thank you. Yeah, that that is a, a very popular chapter, by the way. And it's not just Christian leaders; it's Christian musicians. We have watched the departure of many Christian le leaders and musicians as you say, deconstructing, which is a fancy word for uh, uh, abandoning the faith. <laughs> um, and and so basically what I do there is I say to the people, because I've read their testimonies, I've read their reasons for leaving the Christian faith. They say things like, well, you know, prayer became boring. Uh, music, worship became, you know, tiresome. Um, we didn't like going to church anymore. Uh, <laughs> we didn't like reading the Bible. Well, when I look at all of that, I can relate to every single one of them. The problem mm -hmm. is, here's the issue. The way you were taught to pray is very different from how I pray. Okay. The way you were taught to pray, and, and I would dare say most Christians, I find that boring too. Uh, mm. Going to church. Okay. Well, the kind of churches you have been to. I found those boring a long time ago, <laughs> but there's nothing more exciting than a community of believers that uh, love one another, that know one another really well, and that are enthroned in Christ and learning how to live the Christian life together. That's powerful. And that's what church was in the first century. That's another issue. And so I go down the line and I basically say all of these things, the reasons why you left the Christian faith are reasons that actually drove me closer to know my Lord in a deeper, real way. They drove them out. They drove me further to know him. And I make a point, is a statement in, in that chapter, if Jesus Christ, the real Christ, 
gets into your pores, it is impossible to scrub him out. Mm -hmm. And that's the fact. And so none of these musicians and none of these leaders ever came to me. They never said, hey, man, I'm having a trouble with deconstructing my faith or my peers, right? Because we deal with all this stuff. A large part of my ministry is is to Christians who are disaffected with the Christian faith as it is. Mm -hmm. They're disaffected with church as it is. They're disaffected with prayer and Bible reading as it's commonly taught. And so my work is to those who say, there's got to be more than this. And so I address that in that chapter, and it's been very helpful to the people who have read it because, you know, the fact of the matter is we're going to see more people depart from the Christian faith, but there is a difference between modern contemporary Christianity and all the traditions we've been taught and Jesus Christ himself and his beautiful bride, the Ecclesia. It's a big difference. And so Amen. I get into that in that chapter. My uh, One of my favorite lines in the book um, if you are in Christ, your entire life is to be a mission trip. Um, I'm man, that is you are we yeah, you're 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 talking off the script of the of of the show uh, when you say that. So um can you walk around in that for just a moment? Because most of the people listening are not, you know, quote unquote in some kind of professional ministry, but every single one of us is a co-missionary with Christ and our lives are, you know, on mission for him. Can you can you talk about that? Yeah, and absolutely. And you put it very well. Uh, some people have, I just got an email the other day. Some people have got this idea that this book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, is only for pastors and teachers and missionaries and church planners. That's not true. If you are a Christian, you are in ministry, all right? Period. Your life is a witness to Jesus Christ. Your entire life is a mission trip, <laughs> as mm-hmm. I put in the book, as you quoted. Uh, and and so all of these laws apply to you. You also need God's power, not just in sharing the gospel with someone or helping a friend or a loved one uh, to see the Lord, to to contact the Lord, to to get through their struggle with the Lord. That's all ministry. All right. It's not just that, but you need God's power in your own life to live the Christian life for yourself. Mm-hmm. And these laws, all of them apply to that, you know. Um, but I, I do think. I do think uh, one of the the tragedies in the Christian faith is that there is this secular slash uh, spiritual um, dichotomy. Division, yeah, division, and that's where the clergy and the laity came. That started in the fourth century, by the way. There was no clergy laity in the first century, right? Every person was was a priest. I mean, the Reformation brought back the great doctrine that's in the New Testament of the priesthood of all believers. That includes women too, by the way. All right. This priesthood is made up of men and women. All Christians are priests. All Christians are ministers. The problem though with the Reformation is it brought back the doctrine, but not the practice. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, but the truth is if you're breathing oxygen and you know Christ and you have found him and he lives in you and you're following him, you are a minister. You're in ministry. And, uh, you know, you may not speak in, in, you know, to live audiences, but that doesn't matter. You know, when you go to the workplace, you are a, a living, breathing testimony and God's power is available to you. But there's certain laws, a principles that it's governed by. And so that's what this book really is. So great. 
So great. Frank Viola with 48 Laws of Spiritual Power. You can find Frank and the book at 48laws.com if you want to enter the drawing for the copies we're giving away today. You need to go to myfaithradio.com slash book. You've been listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. We'd love it if you'd share the podcast with someone else. Download the app and get all the show notes. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.